Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts, I unveil my new feature, a weekly top five. That'll close this podcast, but before before we get to that, we've got to get to a, a great self-defense story and another story about someone who shouldn't have tried to defend themselves. you got to be wise, folks. Also, the New Orleans Zoo sticking it to the New Orleans Police Department. And some really cogent thoughts on college loans. It's going to be fun. Stick with me, folks. And welcome once again to the Daily Gator Daily Thought. It's almost the weekend. It's Thursday evening. I had some things to do today and I couldn't get get around to recording this, so I'm doing it now. Better late than never. Yes, and when I do it, it's even better than that. Now, let's go to a couple of self-defense situations. A couple of home invasion, robbery type situations. And maybe, maybe it's better sometimes not to be confrontational with a criminal. And sometimes it definitely is. Let's start with the kind that uh, is. It is a necessity. It is a God-given right. It's your most essential human right. And it's when someone is trying to break into your home. That's a threat to you, your family, whoever's there. It's a direct threat on your life. And you have every right uh, from God. This is a God-given right, a natural right. It's constitutionally protected, but the Constitution doesn't give you the right to defend your life, defend your home, defend your family, defend your loved ones. The good Lord above gave you that right. And this piece is from, uh, the story rather, is from Will Gaunt. Will Gunn, good Lord. Will Gunn, 357 Magnum blog. Zendo Deb is the crazy lady that runs that place. And let me tell you, she is all over self-defense stories, folks. This happened in Missouri. Prosecutors, two charged after robbery accomplice killed. Police said the three were trying to force their way into an independence home around 2 a.m. Wednesday when they were confronted by the home's residents. Police said Lockhart, uh, that's one of the people who was trying to break in, pointed a gun at one of the residents who then shot the teen. Uh, Lockhart was found dead outside the house. And the other two accomplices, uh, 
The other two thugs who escaped with their lives have been charged with uh, uh, <clears throat> secondary murder because in many states, if you're committing a felony and someone with you gets killed, you take that rap too. And some people have different feelings about it, but this is a this is a a no-brainer case of your home, your castle, self-defense. And thank God, this this the residents there. I don't know if they're renting own. I don't know, but um, there's a little more here from U.S. News. Uh, this happened in suburban county. I can't talk today. Superb suburban. Kansas City. I have not been drinking, I promise. That's for later. Uh, two men have been charged with secondary murder after their accomplice on a home invasion and robbery attempt was shot and killed by a resident in the home. Happened in Independence, Missouri. Antonio Johnson, who was 18, and Andre Mays Jr., who was 19, uh, were charged following the fatal shooting of 17-year-old Elijah Lockhart. Uh, the Kansas City Star reported the three were trying to force their way into an independence home around 2 in the morning Wednesday when they were confronted by the residents. Uh, Lockhart pointed his weapon at one of the residents and he was met with gunfire and he was killed uh, by, again, one of the residents of the, of the home. And I'm sure there will be people who are upset over this. Some people don't believe in self-defense. Uh, and they are... I'll put it as, as, as directly as I can. They're morally deficient. They're moral retards. If you think someone doesn't have a right to self-defense, then you are a moral idiot, as Dennis Prager would say. So that's a case where, and I would hate to ever have to shoot anybody. It's the very last thing I want to do. I never want to be put in that situation. But sometimes people are and they have to choose and this person uh, he chose he or she chose wisely and if you don't want to get shot don't try to break in someone's home at 2 in the morning because I guarantee you at 2 in the morning uh, I will wake up because my my dog Dougal the 95 pound cream puff of a Staffordshire Terrier will wake me up he has a hell of a bark and uh he would probably scare the uh, scare the bejesus out of the, the people trying to break in. Uh, but I will be right behind Dougal, uh, and I will not come alone. I will have a, a, a weapon of some sort, and if, God forbid, they keep trying to come in the home, I'll have to do what I have to do. But what I would not do, and this leads into the second story, what I would not do if, if they were to run away, if they see me with a weapon, they've got the door open and they run away, I'm not going to chase them. That'd be stupid. In the first place, now I'm not defending myself. If I go after them, chase them, chase them down and shoot them in the back, I'm a murderer. That's not self-defense anymore. Secondly, in my home, I have the advantage. I know where everything is. Once I go outside that door in the dark, against, in this case, would have been multiple attackers, I'm an idiot. I'm at a disadvantage. There's a good chance I get hurt or killed. So no, sometimes this. I hear people talk one day. They'll I'll chase them down, shoot a yard, and drag them back inside. You do that, you're a murderer. 
Right now, talking that way, you're just an idiot, but you would be a murderer. You, the, the expression is you shoot to stop the threat. Once the threat is stopped, once the threat has left, run away from my home, and the door is back locked, and the police, 911's been called, the police are on their way, that is when, that's the threat stopped at that point to me and my home, my family. After that, there, there's no reason unless someone comes back, tries to break in again. Um, that's important to remember for more than just legal reasons. But there's another story that kind of kind of blends into that. And this is also from Zendo Deb at 357 Magnum uh, blog. And it's entitled, This is Why You Have Insurance. Confronting burglars, she writes, unless you are behind cover, military cover, not concealment, is perhaps not, perhaps not the best of ideas. Uh, for the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, Southwest Georgia man shot multiple times after his car alarm alerts him to a car break-in. Uh, during the investigation, GBI, again Georgia Bureau of Investigation, the agents determined that there were several car break-ins in this man's subdivision. Following the break-ins, a homeowner's security camera alerted him that someone was at his car. The homeowner stepped outside and was shot multiple times by the suspects, according to the press release. Stay inside. Call 911. If they try to come into your home, try to break in the door, by all means, defend yourself. But you step outside your home, you're, you are at a disadvantage. And apparently this gentleman was not even armed. But it didn't matter. He still would have been shot whether he was armed or not. It's not worth your life. It's a car. Again, as the article said, this, my friends, is why you have insurance. Don't be an idiot. And I'm not one of the people that says, you know, just take, take whatever you want. Let them have what they want. I don't believe in that stuff. Uh, and I'm looking here. This is in Lee County, Georgia. And he was shot multiple times. I'm trying to get an update here on his his condition. Shooting happened around 3.50 a.m. on Sunday in Lee County, Georgia. In Leesburg, the town of Leesburg, Georgia, they found a man shot. He was immediately rushed to an area hospital in an unknown condition. So hopefully he is okay. Uh, but be smart. Self-defense is your God-given right. But be smart. I'm no expert, but I know enough to know that. Uh, there's no reason to go outside, especially at three, oh, nearly 4 in the morning, in the dark, and confront how many people you don't know. You don't know if they're armed. You don't know if they're dangerous. You don't know if they'll run away. You don't know if they'll attack you. You don't know. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it, folks. And hopefully this person is, is well and survives. And thank God the other folks in the first story were armed and prepared. God bless them for it. Now, let's talk a little college. And uh, this is from, uh, from BearCreek.com, Animal Magnetism blog. Very good, very, very, very deep thinker, this gentleman is. And... He's what I like to refer to as simple wisdom. 
People, some people have wisdom. My grandfather had wisdom. He just knew things. He knew right from wrong to begin with. He knew how to treat people. And through practical experience, he learned many, many things that he could do in his life. Just about anything. Because he grew up in, in Georgia, northern Georgia, up in the foothills and the mountains. Uh, you know, from he was born in 1911, lived through the Depression. But he, as a kid, he learned to do so many things. Worked so hard. He knew every how to cook. He knew how to build anything you wanted, how to hunt, how to fish, how to skin things. He worked at, at uh, I mean, the, his dad's farm was 600 acres. They had their own gristmill, had their own sawmill. They were pretty much self-sufficient. Uh, he was a mechanic. He just knew so many things. But he never got past the ninth grade in, in as far as schooling, as they called it back then. But he was a wise man. And people confuse wisdom with education. You can educate someone for, for months at a time. If they're a dummy, they're a dummy. Wisdom sometimes are the most simple truths. You just have to be smart enough to accept them and embrace them. Too many people overcomplicate things. That's why big government programs never work. One of the reasons. They're too convoluted, they're too complicated, and they're too far removed from common sense because they're, the people trying to implement them are idiots. They don't have any wisdom. They don't have any common sense. So let's look at college education. A big subject for the last few years has been college debt, college loan debt. And should the government of the United States of America, a.k.a. the taxpayers, because we pay the money, should we pay for someone's student loan debt? Hmm. Now, this is what Animal says of Animal Magnetism. Uh, he quotes Libertarian Scribe, as he calls him, John Stossel. I love John Stossel. And John Stossel says this. Americans took out $1.7 trillion dollars in government loans for college tuition. Now, some don't want to, to pay it back. President Joe Biden said they shouldn't have to. He wants to cancel at least $10,000 and maybe $50,000 of every student's debt. And I guess that would include everybody, right? Whether you, What if you had a bunch of student debt at one time and now you're wealthy? You easily pay yourself. Should the government pay for it anyway? What about people's credit card debt? People, what about people's mortgages, their car loans, personal loans? So maybe you refinanced your home. Maybe you had a second mortgage. Should the government pay for all that too? Well, if not, why not? Of course, the answer is no. They shouldn't pay for any of it. They're in real trouble, says Biden, having to make choices between paying their student loan debt and paying the rent. But wait. Stossel writes, shouldn't they have given some thought to debt payments when they signed up for overpriced colleges? When they majored in subjects like photography or women's studies, unlikely to lead to good jobs? When they took six years to graduate, a third don't graduate even after six years, he adds, shouldn't politicians also acknowledge that it's taxpayer loans that let bloated colleges keep increasing tuition? At twice the rate of inflation. It's a rigged game. It's a scam. And the college, colleges and universities are playing it on you because the government got in the business of doing college loans and once that happens, common sense is gone.
Dirty Jobs host Mike Rowe points out that students' demand for loan forgiveness is kind of self-involved. I know guys who worked hard to get a construction operation running, he says. Some had to take out a loan on a big old diesel truck. Why would we forgive the cost of a degree but not the cost of a lease payment? Yeah, why not? At least the guy with the lease truck payment on the truck is actually doing something now. It's a good question. For some reason, continues, continues Roe, we think a tool that looks like a diploma is somehow more important than a big piece of metal in the driveway that allows the guy to build homes that you are in. Once again, uh, animal rights, the solution seems obvious. Oh, does it ever? Get government out of the business of education. Think you. That is common sense. That's wisdom. That's being able to look at a problem and say, well, there you have a problem right now. It's like being able to look at a home with a big hole in the roof and wonder why the people inside are getting wet when it was raining. Duh. If a young person wants a student loan, let them go to a lending institution and make their case. Student loans, like any other loan, should be based first and foremost on an estimation of the borrower's ability to repay the loan. That would be a problem, certainly, for the kid that shows up at the bank with a college application and announces their intent to, pursu to, to pursue a degree in underwater gender top polishing. <laughs> oh, that's greatness. Let me say that again. I'm sorry. I couldn't help but laugh. Their intent to pursue a degree in underwater gender dog polishing, but it's high time the university system stopped offering bullshit degrees anyways. And this would take care of that very quickly. Want to level the playing field? Animal asks. That's a term the left uses, right? Leveling the playing field? First, let's level the damn playing field. And stop this horseshit idea that every kid needs to go to college. Many shouldn't, and many would be better off if they didn't. And the various trades offer stable and lucrative opportunity. In other words, college is not necessary. College now has become a scam. With two purposes, I believe. One is to indoctrinate our, our youth, our 18 to 22-year-olds and to make a whole lot of money for colleges. And increasingly, they're turning out people. I know I've talked to so many people who run businesses who are, who are absolutely pulling your hair out, trying to find people with college degrees coming out of their you-know-whats, but they can't think their way out of a wet paper bag. Open at both ends. They're just no common sense. There's no thinking ability. The cognitive ability is well, Joe Biden level, frankly, but they don't have the excuse of being 78, 79 year, excuse me, years old. So there's your answer, folks. It's not hard. Our government has been struggling. Both parties, a bumbling idiots, can't figure out how to fix this problem. Stop allowing colleges to offer garbage courses. If they want to offer garbage courses and, and students want to pay for them, Fine, they got to pay for themselves. No one should loan the money to do it, especially the government. Get the government out of the loaning business. And yes, encourage more trade schools. I know people look down at trade schools, they say, ah, oh, but you know, it's blue collar stuff. 
a lot of those blue collar people next time you call a plumber you might want to inquire as to how much that guy's making and they work hard and they earn it but trust me trade school can teach you practical skills you can use to do something useful college it's more theoretical obviously law school medical school yes of course but a lot of courses aren't, aren't accomplishing anything. They're not teaching anything. They're dumbing people down. They're making people hate the country, making people hate reality and hate the idea of uh, that, that there's two genders, just absurd things. So a, a good piece there, and that's what we need. We need people like this guy and John Stossel, frankly, in Congress. We need people with common sense. People like my grandfather. Yeah, he never finished the ninth grade. But he knew so many things. I remember my dad decided he was going to raise young bulls, make them into steers, and send them to the butcher shop and have freezer full of beef. Do the same with pigs. My granddad, I remember, he knew exactly how to, how to slaughter a hog and then dress him. And make all the sausage, bacon, hams, roasts. He made uh, uh, homemade pork rinds. He even offered me at the age of, I think I was nine, to try something called pigs, uh, brains and eggs. I didn't. I still wouldn't. But he knew how to use every part of that hog, <coughs> excuse me, to make food with. He did it in a humane fashion. 22 bullet to the head, done. Fill the hog in the, the scalding hot water in a big old bathtub that was outside. No, we didn't use the bathtub before or after that, smart asses. And then you begin to butcher the hog. He knew how to do young calves, too, young steers. In fact, he knew how to cut them. I watched him do it when he was nearly 70 years old. But it was, it was too much involved and too hard. It was easier to send it to someone to have it done at a slaughterhouse. But I remember as a kid having all these roasts and bacon and ham and, and sausages and steaks and burgers. My granddad knew how to do, he knew how to do all those things. Plus how to farm, he could grow anything, whether it was edible or some flour. The man was one of the wisest men I've ever known. And he was a tremendously fine man. Worked as hard as any human being I've ever seen in my life. And you know what? He lived a blessed life. Five kids, ten grandkids, multiple great-grandkids, plenty of money in the bank, and never even was in a hospital until he was 84 and had his gallbladder taken out. And uh, he passed away from uh, basically a heart attack in sleep. Uh, doctors believed his pacemaker, the only operation he ever had besides having the gallbladder removed, uh, was to have a pacemaker put in. And the doctors thought that it probably failed and he died during his sleep. And of course, I raised the question of attorneys and lawsuits because if the pacemaker failed, and my grandma would not hear of it. My grandma was a damn good woman. We need more people like them. Simple people, both from Georgia, 
as, as my granddad would say, he was just an old Georgia redneck whose best friend was a black man. And I've never forgotten. My granddad would grow all types of vegetables, and the most popular was always uh, his greens. Mustard greens, especially collard greens, but mustards, turnips. And he had so many people would come by, and they'd buy this bunch of greens for a dollar. And he'd come back with this massive, massive uh, amount of greens to give them for a dollar a bunch. And they would like, they would, no, it's $5 worth. And it was always great. And I never forget, uh, after he passed away, the, the people who would come and ask how he was, they hadn't seen him driving the truck around, hadn't seen him out in the field. And I still remember the pain in all those people's faces, mostly black people who loved and adored my grandfather because he was a good man. There was no color. He was just a good man, a hard worker, and more than fair. And sorry for the emotion, but if every American were like my grandfather and grandmother, we wouldn't have any problems. And college right now is turning out a bunch of brain-dead morons who have no class, no grace, and no clue, and who hate the country. Headed for bad times, we don't turn that around, folks. And thank you for that. And now, let's consider what the New Orleans Police Department has to put up with in regards to the New Orleans Zoo. Uh, Diogenes, diogenesismiddlefinger.com. Uh, a tremendously uh, classy and, and, and graceful blogger. She's all right for an LSU fan. You got to give credit. You got to give her credit. Um, but the story she has here is that the Audubon Zoo has fed the police of New Orleans to the lions. She writes, the New Orleans Zoo was once an embarrassment to the city but with Audubon redevelopment, it became to become it came to become rather a source of civic pride. But now it seems the folks at Audubon have decided to return to the business of embarrassing themselves again, as zookeepers have gone woke, responding to persons from members of our community and from persons outside of our community. The Audubon Institute abruptly canceled their scheduled Blue at the Zoo event, which was intended to promote and foster positive experiences with the New Orleans Police Department, the NOPD. Their press statement smells <laughs> smells worse than anything. <laughs> ah, you gotta love this lady. Excuse my laughing, I just can't help it. Their press statement smells worse than anything that dropped out of the backside of a pachyderm. <laughs> God, we need people like this lady in Congress, too. The New Orleans Police Department and Justice Foundation and Audubon Nature Institute partnered to host Blue at the Zoo in an effort to promote and foster positive interactive experiences with the New Orleans Police Department. Audubon facilities have long been welcoming and safe spaces 
for the children, families, and citizens of our community. Audubon Nature Institute heard feedback regarding the event from members of our community and from persons outside of our community who feel this event could unintentionally be divisive rather than inclusive. Well, oh shit. There goes the neighborhood. There goes the good idea, folks. Though that was never the intent, Audubon Nature Institute made the decision to cancel the event. Audubon will continue to work with the New Orleans Police and Justice Foundation to find ways to support the New Orleans Police Department. Know what you did was you caved in like a bunch of damn cowards. You were afraid of the agitators. You were afraid of the the possible looting or rioting or some type of thuggery. You were afraid that trash like Ben Crump or Al Sharpton or any number of other activists, reverends, would come and give you a bad name. The media, of course, would carry the water for them and you would have you would have egg on your face. You'd look bad. Well, guess what? You really do look bad. And yeah, you do smell bad. In other words, you do stink like elephant dung. The Audubon Nature Institute understands and appreciates that the issue of ethical policing is at the forefront of our nation and our local community and that NOPD is a nationally recognized leader in law enforcement reform. Audubon stands firm in its support for holding law enforcement accountable for any and all unethical and unlawful behavior. Audubon also supports efforts that promote healing. Healing, they say, between law enforcement and the community, community, community. As such, working with the New Orleans Police Department and Justice Foundation, Audubon will be considering alternative ways. Again, to promote meaningful and impactful community engagement with the NOPD. Now, imagine this here, this lovely lady. She breaks down the, well, what you just heard the statement they issued was basically made up of one part bullshit and zero part anything else. Paragraph two, let's start with that. But, she writes, they heard feedback, mean tweets, from locals, many Tulane students aren't local, and the professional protest crowd represents virtually no one. And from people not from here, aka Twitter hyenas, and thus don't go to the zoo or give to the zoo, but these leftist jackals decided to make their voices heard. Unfortunately, Audubon listened and amazingly enough bought what they were selling by conceding that an event being held to promote trust and engagement would somehow be divisive. Paragraph 3. The zoo embraced and promoted a one-sided ACAB narrative without mentioning the dangers men and women in blue face every day trying to keep civilians safe in a city enduring spikes in violent crime. And in an eel-like slippery move, the Audubon Institute waited until after Give Nola Day ended to reduce to release the statement. The Audubon Nature Institute raised almost twenty-four thousand dollars from two hundred thirty-six donors on Tuesday. Uh, so they had the cash first, then canceled. 
That's classy, Audubon. The Audubon Institute needs to immediately issue an apology to not just law enforcement for this unmistakable indictment on those who wear the badge, but every victim of a violent crime in Orleans Parish for having their suffering trivialized. That the Audubon Institute has the temerity to pretend that the only outrages being perpetrated in society are by law enforcement is a denial of reality. For there were no sentences of compassion in their weasel-worded press release reserved for the victims of carjacking that have traumatized grandmothers and drive-by shootings that have claimed the lives of the very children their missive says they serve. While their facility is a, <coughs> a safe place for the aforementioned, the world outside their gates is anything but. In fact... The safest mammals in Orleans Parish reside either in Audubon Place or Audubon Zoo. Very well spoken, very well written, very well stated and said. That's what we need, folks. That's an honest take. A person who can read through the BS and tell you straight, this is just a cop-out. Nothing but surrendering to the, to the ideological thuggery about people who just want to enrich themselves. It's all about the cash. All about the cash. And it's shameful what the New Orleans uh, Audubon Society has done. Very, very shameful. Awful, really. They should be better. They should be better. And now to close out. Uh, while I'm dealing with the with the mowing the lawn yesterday and all the uh, all the dust and stuff, killing my allergies today, just starting to catch up with me. My, uh, I'm going to do this maybe once a week. Uh, the weekly top five. And it could be anything. It could be places to go, favorite people, favorite movies, favorite songs, worst people on earth. It could be good, bad, somewhere in the middle. But I decided to kick off with this top five. And this is not not a list of the top five guitarists in the world or in the history of, of rock and blues. It's not that at all. It's my it's not even my opinion of who the best is. This top five is the top five guitarists to me, to my ear. So my five favorite guitarists. And, and let me say, five is, uh, is number one to a lot of people. I've heard a lot of people say that uh, Buddy Guy is the greatest they've ever heard. And the man is, he's a bad, bad, bad man. Uh, he would be my number five. You gotta love Buddy Guy. I'm just, just a, and it's tough to believe he's as old as he is. He's getting up there. Number four, a lot of people would say, oh, he's the best ever. But from the great state of Texas, which I lived in for years, you got to say Stevie Ray Vaughan is, is one of the guitar gods, uh, tragically taken from us in a, in a helicopter crash. I think it was 1990. Uh, this man didn't have a, a really long career. He could still be making great music today, 31 years later, but Stevie Ray Vaughan was just a simply a brilliant guitarist brilliant guitarist uh love to listen to him play just love to do that i do that on youtube sometimes 
just queue up a bunch of videos of, of different guitarists I like and just just listen. Wow, and just it blows your mind. I especially love when when great guitarists play together, and it's like, oh man, yeah, that's it's just so cool to watch them and watch their facial expressions, because these are people who have elevated themselves to a position of of very rarefied air. Okay, these are the elite of the elite of the elite. And they're just enjoying so much the, you know, the competitive juices are flowing. They have to be. You cannot be that great at something and not be extremely competitive. And you know they're having a lot of fun. And you see the appreciation and, and the partner and the love between them and friendship. It's really cool. But number three, and definitely he would be considered number one by a lot of people, Jeff Beck. The man is, someone said it the other day on a, a comment on one of his videos on YouTube, and I believe their, their quote was that Jeff Beck has forgotten more licks than most guitarists ever knew. The man is just uh, absolutely brilliant and blows your mind. He has a very unique style, as they all do. And I never really learned to appreciate him until I really started listening to him. And just, it blows your mind how good this guy is. Uh, number two, a man who sadly is no longer with us. Passed away a few years ago at the age of, I believe, 57. He's an Irishman, or was an Irishman. May he rest in peace. Uh, and if you ever have watched Gary Moore... Watch videos of him. No matter what he's playing, whether he's just ripping through a guitar solo, that, like in uh, uh, what is it? Video I was watching the was it the Red House, and he's just absolutely ripping this song apart, tearing it completely apart. And or if it's a a very slow played, whatever it is, this this guy. Looks like he's absolutely pouring every bit of his soul and and his his life into that guitar at that moment. Uh, it is phenomenal to hear him play and to watch him. is It blows your mind. Uh, a lot of people don't really know about Gary Moore. Just Gary Moore, Utah, or YouTube, excuse me. Uh, and, and just listen. This guy was a bad 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 man and number one again my choice my ears my favorite if i could only listen to one guitarist if that was a be horrible sentence because i love the four i mentioned i love so many others in the past like steve gaines and alan collins uh, Dwayne allman all three of them no longer with us and that, that's sad but if i had to have one guitarist only it would ease it would for me it's eric clapton a man is as brilliant as they come uh, he's I think he's 75 now, 76, and uh, to me, he's just the man. Uh, he plays so many different styles. I remember listening to a song. I had a bunch of music on YouTube. Was just playing. I was cooking or something, listening to the TV, and I heard this song. And I'm thinking, who's that guitar player? That sounds like Jimi Hendrix, because he had kind of a unique style. And I look at it's Clapton. Like I never heard him play like that before. And I can say that in so many areas he played so many different styles. And he always looks like he's having fun watching another great guitarist to play with. He looks like it just all of these guys do. Like it's such an honor to be there. 
Uh, he'd be my number one. Um, and I can hear people out there, dude, you didn't mention Hendrix. No, I didn't. He was a great guitarist. But stylistically, what I like to hear, there's a lot of guys I'd rather listen to than Hendrix. Sorry. I know he, I know he set his guitar on fire, man. So what? He played it with his teeth, man. Yeah, I've seen Steve Ray Vaughan do that. I've seen lots of guitarists do that. I understand he was left-handed. I understand a lot of things. He was a brilliant guitarist. Nobody's denying that. But again, this is about style and, and what you like to hear. It's about what my ear hears. Not anything else. So there you go. <clears throat> uh, there you go. Buddy Guy, Steve Ray Vaughan, Jeff Beck, Gary Moore, and Eric Clapton, my five favorite guitarists ever. And there's a lot more I like. And next week, we'll have another top five list. And uh, see what my little brain comes up with. My friends, I do appreciate you listening. Remember to support thedailygator.com. Go to thedailygator.com. That's right. And hit the PayPal button on the very first post if you want to contribute and help me. If you don't, no grudges, man. Love you anyway. Thank you for listening. And yes, if you want to promote and support, monetarily support this blog, uh, go to Anchor, anchor.dughagen, and you should be able to, uh, to contribute there if you so choose. Remember the three great golden rules of life, my friends. If you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America and go Gators. We'll talk to you again very, very soon. Take care. Good night. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. Listen, I appreciate it. God bless you. God bless America. Y'all have a good one.